0: Listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 505. My name is David. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne to discuss the Fox series Fringe. And uh, yeah, I got some uh, legal paperwork from my brother today, and not, not you know, we're we're he and I are fine. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I should give Lamar a call so I can help sort out oh, yeah. these legal documents. Yeah, that,
1: that's
2: the guy you want helping in any kind of negotiation.
0: Yeah. So, uh, haven't heard back from my brother yet. I'm not sure he thinks that's a good idea, but, but we'll see anyway. All right. How's it going with you?
2: I'm sorry. I just took a bite. Oh, that's okay.
0: Well, while you're doing that, dude, I read uh, the one daughter scored four goals the other day. They, they didn't win, but you know,
2: Oh, did they have that in the, they wrote that up?
0: Yeah, just uh, you, you know, just like a paragraph right. or so, couple, maybe two paragraphs.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, our team is horrible, but Hannah and Nora have been playing really well, Hannah especially. So,
0: um, yeah, but it's it's uh,
2: it's gonna be a long year for uh, Franklin Lacrosse.
0: Yeah, well, how how will they be in their league?
2: Uh, pretty pretty bad.
0: Bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yeah.
2: well, they have to play like they—they they got whooped by East. Eastern. I mean, they were decent, but they're not. No one would describe them as good, and they beat us like sixteen to eight. I think that's the one hand they got four goals in that game. She actually scored with like as time was expiring, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, then we have like Hereford and Towson, and Delaney to play yet. Those schools are uh, legit good. So,
0: yeah, definitely Towson and Delaney. Even I know yeah. that. So. Anyway,
2: so that'll be rough. All right. Well, okay. Sorry
0: yeah. about that, man. No, no, no. So, I uh, want to welcome a new Patreon supporter to the Sci Fi TV Rewatch family, and that is Suzanne Beer hey, in Germany.
2: Suzanne, Guten Tag. Uh, yes, danke
0: thank you so much for your generosity. And, of course, listeners have already heard several of Suzanne's feedback, which we read via email. Uh, actually, we read them via the internet, she sends them to us via email um And of course, as we mentioned, Fred, Richard, Travis, Mark, Cindy, Mike. Thank you, guys. Anyway, so uh let's get to what we're watching and a film. Yes, Uh-oh. get back on your chair. I did Uh-oh. say film. Okay. All
2: right, hold on. Two, two and, and me, a half. I, I, I all right, I am saying that. Okay, I'm good.
0: Two and a half hour what? film. By the way, man, when you when you go, you go all in, man. The 2020 Christopher Nolan film, Tenet.
2: Ah, now I would be interested to hear what you have to say about that movie.
0: Okay. Starring John David mm-hmm. Washington, Kenneth Branagh. Uh,
2: still not over
0: Kenneth Branagh as a Brana. badass Russian. Right. Well, that's because
2: uh, he doesn't really sell it super well. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Uh, Elizabeth DeBecky, who I know from several things. Freaking Michael Caine. And... It's a film, I mean, it's God's issues. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But how do you, you know, how do you uh, have Robert Pattinson and not bring Kristen on board? Dude. I, 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 don't
2: know. I think anyway. it's after the breakup though, right?
0: So. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? Apparently, I, 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 I heard her, actually I've heard them both on uh, Howard Stern and, and it sounds like they both, really think a lot of the other so uh, apparently it wasn't too painful a breakup but uh clemence Posey, who was in that show i mentioned a few weeks back called the tunnel she was the lead french detective in that And she's in an early scene just just one she's like the uh the scientist but uh i assume you've seen it yeah uh,
2: a couple of times i had after the first time i saw it, i had no idea uh what was happening
0: Time travel with a twist, and it's a twist. I'm still not sure. I completely understand, and it's a twist. I'm not sure I even care that I don't understand. <laughs> I, right.
2: So there's right. certainly with Christopher Nolan. I mean, Inception. I, I, you know, I got to a point with Inception, like, okay, I get what's happening. I've, I've seen this enough times. Now I, I understand. Tenet. I probably watched like three times, and even after the third time, I'm like, okay, I've, I, I was, I was with it. Up to a point that all of a sudden they just lost me and I had no idea what was going on. I mean I, I get the big picture. These are the bad guys, these are the good guys, there's people going backwards, people going forwards. He fights with himself, go backwards and forwards and stuff, which was awesome. I mean that,
0: that scene was incredible. Um but uh even though it completely contradicts something they stated earlier in the film, but Yeah. But uh anyway, not not to give away any plot details. Which I just yeah, you know, that's okay. They weren't paying attention. Well, no, so, um, I mean,
2: it's it's been. I think the time's up.
0: Yeah, okay. Spoilers on but Tenet. Uh, yeah, I mean the whole thing about um, meeting yourself as as being a, unless I missed it, uh, misinterpreted what they said. But anyway, I mean, if you're into action films, which I'm kind of not. I don't mind a little bit of action there's a lot here and a lot that's really done well. And you know, the whole thing, you know, some people are going forward, some people are going backwards and never the twain shall meet, except they do. Right, exactly. And whatever, you know, so it, it's certainly worth checking out if you're a sci-fi yeah. fan.
2: I mean, and if, you know, I, I, think I still like, really, I literally don't know if I would call it a hit or a miss because there's a lot of, about that movie that is freaking awesome. Classic Christopher Nolan. There's just some stuff, like I said, even after three watches, I'm still really unsure exactly what's going on and everything. But, you know, in the end, like, I guess the third time I watch it, I'm like, yo, know, I don't know if it really matters 100%. It's just kind of like with Interstellar, it was the same way. It's just really the experience. And that's what great thing about Christopher Nolan does in his movies. He just, he makes like a movie movie, you know, like he doesn't want them, his movies to be watched at home. He's like, you got to go. Like that was, I think Ted was probably one of the first movies, if not the first that came out in the movie theaters after the, well, not during the pandemic still. Because he's like, no, this isn't going to be straight to video thing. You know, like if you want to watch it, go, to the theater, get COVID and watch my movie, you know. <laughs> so, uh, which that the, yeah. the middle part of that probably wasn't great, but I I, I like his kind of attitude. I, I like how he he you know he swings for the fences. You know, he doesn't you know make safe movies. He doesn't make really, even though he's very commercially successful. If even you look at the Batman movies, the his Batman movies are not quote unquote safe, typical superhero movies, you know. Uh I just I I he, I admire him incredibly as a filmmaker and I love his movies even when I don't quite get them but uh you know if like I said I can just always go back and watch Inception again which is one of my absolute favorites so
0: Now the other is the Brazilian dystopian series 3% that I've mentioned from time to time and and you know the last time I brought it up I wasn't sure I even wanted to go on but it's making a comeback I finished season 2 there are two seasons to go so they've i don't want to say it's a paradigm shift but it it kind of is enough of one that okay that's cool i'll keep going for another couple episodes and we'll see where this goes so uh anyway uh, what are you watching
2: so i i finished uh falda which i didn't think it was uh, no i, can't. I think i believe it's season four um, I didn't think this most recent season was quite as good as maybe some of the other ones. Um, you know, you can kind of see the, we need to kind of, they're, they're getting very close to having the guy, you know, uh, take a motorcycle over a, um, shark tank. If, if you know what I mean? Um, I do. Cause they're really kind of pushing some of the, the believability of the plot, but, in the end, it like, I mean, you said you, you don't like action movies. I love action movies and action shows. And uh, especially Falda, the, the very last episode of season four was really super intense. And uh, really, that's what I, what I like about the show is if I can, again, some of the politics is not, I'm not necessarily 100% on board with. But the action and the adventure is totally wild, so it's really cool. And then I started in rewatching season one of Vikings Valhalla, so in preparation of watching season two. Okay, and I'm glad I did. I I was debating whether I'd go back and watch season one, but you know, Vikings. I mean, Vikings when Vikings was out, they came out week to week. So when a new season came out, it wasn't that long since the end of the previous season. And I, you know, would remember, but like now with like his Valhalla, I like binged all of that. in you know, probably two, three days when it first came out. So going back and watching it, I'm definitely glad I did. Cause A, it's freaking awesome. And B, there's a ton of stuff that I forgot about, um, that, that I'm glad I did now with that. Cause I haven't started season two yet. I think, Maybe tonight I'll be able to start in season two. So you know, we've always talked about the historical accuracy—that's air quotes—I'm making of the Viking franchises. And this one, there is a doozy in this one because I don't know. Did, you saw the? First, did you see the first season? Of, like, oh yeah, I covered right, it for okay. Dana Geek. So you remember Edmund, the whiny little snot-nosed quote king of uh, of England, right? Sure. And I was like, hmm, I wonder, I'm going to look up this historical guy, see how much of this is kind of on on point or whatever. Uh, Turns out the whiny snot news kid, uh, I think he's probably like maybe 16, 17, maybe 18 at best, actually was at about this time was around 26 years old. And he was called Edmund Ironside.
0: Oh, Which nice.
2: they didn't give the name Ironside to uh, whiny snot nosed kids, you know. They
0: no, they, they did they not. They gave
2: that name to to, to tough guys, right? Uh, to yep. tough.
0: We're talking to you, yeah, Bjorn,
2: right? So, uh, you know, Vikings Valhalla. I get you know, why they did it. You know, because if he is a twenty six year old tough guy, you know, probably makes him a little tougher to be an you know the the antagonist. historically the guy, the dude does, you know, die. So he's got, that's going to, that's got to happen. So, you know, you you make it so that we're not quite, you know, sad to see him go. Uh, You got to make him like that when really he was a pretty tough warrior, fought the the Vikings a lot and um, probably deserves more from Vikings Valhalla than, than he got. But, you know, also probably not a lot of people going to go and look up uh, medieval English kings either. So, you know, that this... This might be Edmund the II's the uh, legacy. All
0: right, cool. That's it. All right. Well, uh, just let me throw one more out there because, you know, obviously you, you were an English major. My wife and I were both English majors and we felt it was our duty to watch another movie, Lady Chatterley's Lover by D.H. Lawrence. Oh.
2: I've yeah. neither read yeah. that book nor seen the movie. Yeah, well, uh, it's a good couple's movies. We,
0: we saw the movie, definitely a couple's movie. We got out, marked all the, all the right. good parts in the uh book and, uh, we're ready to go. Okay. So anyway, I think it's on, I can't remember if it's on Netflix or Amazon, but okay. Anyway. Is this a recent movie? Yeah. 2022, I believe.
2: Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Have they not made a movie of it before?
0: Oh no. This is like the fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but it's uh, clearly the best nudge, nudge, wink, wink.
2: Right. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. Netflix has some license. Maybe those other movies uh, didn't necessarily have.
0: Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, it's, it seems to be faithful to the novel. Okay. Anyway. Uh, let's get to fringe <laughs> episode six of season two titled earthling written by jh wyman and jeff vlaming directed by john cassar this one aired november 5th 2009 so um i'm assuming you're probably like me thinking all right this is a pretty good episode not great right might not be in the A range, probably not in the A range. I'm not going to
2: give it an a A no. though.
0: Yeah, but uh, you yeah, know, maybe a B plus. It's
2: still like a good, solid episode. You know, again, some you know, I'm t- you know, I'm kind of have two feelings, I'm ambivalent about the monster of the week stuff. Sometimes, you know, they have to come up with some you know, wild, fantastic, crazy problem, right? This one was just a little, baby too out there.
0: Yeah. And I think when you have back to back Monster of the Week episodes, it can be somewhat problematic, particularly in retrospect when we're going back to watch a series that we've already seen. And, you know, it, it, it's albeit different, but we're itching to get to the good parts.
2: Right. We know kind of what's coming and we want we want to see that
0: right so so. anything that slows down the pace we have you know a little bit of a problem with but but not not that bad but for me I, i certainly couldn't help but notice the similar narrative to the cbs series extant which starred Halle Berry and Goran Viznich. I don't know if you ever saw that or not.
2: I I remember when you were watching it, but no, I never.
0: Yeah, Michael Uh, and I covered it for somebody. I I think we covered it for Daryl's network, uh, Golden Spiral Media, if if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, the whole astronaut in space gets uh, hijacked, by you know some sort of uh alien entity which is brought back to earth, and okay, you know fine that that's cool. I guess we could argue that that extant stole that idea from fringe but well, fringe probably stole probably that stole that from it from somebody else
2: innumerable uh science fiction novels and movies and television shows, so
0: yeah, but the other thing that that strikes me about this episode is the the teamwork, and we always talk about the team pairings. And in, in this one, we get Olivia and Broyles in the field together, alone for the vast majority of the episode. While Peter and Walter are back in the lab with Asterix and working on, you know, figuring out the uh, certainly what's going on with the dead bodies, but also what's going on with that super formula, but. I, I just really like the way Olivia and Broyles, I don't want to say take their relationship to the next level, but when she asks him later in the episode, sir, what is it about this case? And he explains that this is the case that caused him to lose his marriage. And that whole idea of work and family balance that so many of us have to juggle, yeah. particularly uh, those of us that, that have coached at uh, you know mm-hmm. s- somewhat high levels, which we both have, <laughs> uh, it, it can be a balancing act. And in the case of the fringe team, it's not really an issue, right? I mean, except for broils in the past because everybody's single right, right, on the true. team. And we have
2: that scene at the beginning where he's kind of like playing around with the kid at the other table in the restaurant. And we see like a, and we really haven't seen the loosened up playful side of Broyles, Right. Right. We've just seen the intense uh, driven side. Um. So to see him kind of mucking about with a kid and just, you know, having fun. And then, if, you know, at first, well, I mean, like you, you, you have to watch this thinking, all right, well, there's some, fa- there's gotta be some kind of family connection here with this. And we we see that right later because now we get now that later in the show now the scene makes sense because we realize that Royals has lost that that ability to just sit there and play around with his kids and and um, be like silly uh, with a little kid he's lost that because he's you know devoted himself to the job.
0: right Right. and in addition to everything you just said here he is sitting alone in a restaurant and while we mentioned a few episodes back the the kiss he has with Nina and you know we were never really sure what that meant and we're no closer to understanding now even what it meant or what it means but you know, there it is. So, so I, I, I found that really interesting about this particular episode, but, but certainly the a story revolves around Broyles and Olivia in the field. And that, I thought that opening scene was pretty cool. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, look, you and I have both been married a long time, not to each other. Um, <laughs> not so, there's anything wrong with that. Right. But being able to surprise your wife. Is pretty cool, and you know, I guess the longer you get married, the or the longer you've been married, it's more difficult to surprise because you know they know yeah. all your moves and sure and whatever. But, but you know, we, we figure out pretty quickly, oh, that's what dude's doing, nice. Because at first, we're thinking, like, oh, he's getting ready for his mistress, right?
2: Exactly, right? Because he says, Oh, I'm at the airport, he's clearly not at the airport, like you effing liar. Oh, you scum. You know, and we are thinking all kinds of nasty things. They were like, Oh, he's leaving flowers. Like, wait, what's that? Happy anniversary. What? And then, like, Oh, okay. That's what it dropped for me. I'm like, all right, I feel dumb.
0: Yeah. But I, I think that just speaks to, you know, the writing of that opening scene and, and, and the acting as well. And, and, you know, that was cool. And uh, uh, of course, then they they throw in the possibility of a jump scare, which we don't really get at all. You know, we see the lights flashing on and off, the TV goes on, right. and okay, so now we've got this other kind of uh, of vibe going on that that clearly something's wrong, and we see the the shadowy figure, right, the creepy f- shadow, right, yeah. you know, flash in the background. And, you know, the next thing, his wife returns home, sees the flowers, ah, you dog. I, and then she goes in and he's like catatonic. And then she touches him. And and I thought the special effects on that scene in particular were pretty cool when he starts to crumble and then his head just kind of like falls yeah. off to the side.
2: Right, cool, a little gruesome, but yeah, definitely cool. And then, you know, later when uh, Walter comes in to examine him and like, part of his hand is still there and everything is like that's that's some pretty boss special effects right there
0: yeah actually i may use that screen cap on the uh, blog post nice. <laughs> for this podcast i did get a decent one there uh so um, even though walter's got his back to the to the screen that's okay we'll get the uh <laughs> what's left of the dude but Broyles meets him at the scene He's seen this phenomenon before, asks about, you know, whether it could be related to, you know, a hospital visit. And then, you know, we we get a little bit more information. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly wondering, well, what do you got in this storage locker here? I mean, why isn't this in your office in D.C. or Boston or wherever, you know, he he keeps his stuff. So I'm still not sure why he's got a storage locker, unless maybe that was part of his divorce. I, did, I you know, I didn't really notice what was in this storage facility. I
2: didn't either I mean, because it happens before. Like if he had told us about how this case ruined his marriage, right, we would definitely see this scene in a different light.
0: Well, that's true. Right, right, right.
2: You know, um, because right. as it is, it's just, okay, it's a storage space. Lots of people storage spaces, but now when we find out Larry's divorced, like oh well, he's probably just living in, like a single bedroom apartment. Doesn't have a lot of room, so a lot of stuff that he probably had at his house before he has to put in storage, including his personal files. Which he nowadays you better check to make sure that's okay to have them in that storage closet, buddy. Because mm. you, if you've been watching the news, then then you know like you have to make sure you're checking all those documents.
0: Yeah. Because when we tell you we want our documents back, we kind of mean it. Right. Um, But there's, there's that, that neat twist that it's a case that, that he was intimately involved with four years previous, but it wasn't somebody that was threatening to hurt people. It was somebody that was begging for help. So that he would stop hurting people, and of course, as it turns out, it wasn't you know the caller that that was hurting the people; it was his cosmonaut brother. But right,
2: which is kind of like a problem that I have with this because all of a sudden, like they're throwing all these other crazy plot points at us, you know, really quickly. I'd probably have been down with it a little bit more if if Tomas was the guy, but of course, we just had a Jekyll and Hyde episode, so I guess they didn't want to go there like again.
0: Uh, right, and and you know, I mean, we're we're you know a few decades out from the Cold War, even though at this point it's kind of starting to ramp itself up again, and you know the the fact that the two major players in space exploration have, have been the United States, and you know in the past the Soviet Union, and and you know to a lesser extent lately Russia you know of course china's in the in the game now as well so i mean on the on the other hand it was kind of neat to revisit that and you know the fact that while each country kind of knows what the other is doing they don't know everything and and this is one of those cases where okay well you know you said he was dead but you know we suspect he wasn't and then of course uh you know, we get the kind of allusion to the X Files when we learn that Broyles has a friend in the U.S. Senate, and and right. uh, uh, you know that that certainly harkens back to the X Files. If and and you would know that if you didn't use that damn lame excuse. Well, my wife and I were young; we hadn't been married that long. And that's, dude, it's Friday. I, mean, we, that's, I,
2: we, I can only speak the truth, man. <laughs>
0: at some uh, point i feel
2: like i need to go back and, and watch all the x-files
0: i uh, know i did
2: we did i mean I, i'll say this like it's not like we were and when i say taping i mean taping videotaping. it's not like we were taping other shows like that was the only one that was the one show that we really wanted to see even if we went out on the friday night we still wanted to see x-files it just became untenable you know
0: to mm-hmm.
2: keep up with that it was well, back yeah, in the especially- days before uh dvrs you know
0: yeah, and especially when you bl- try to blame it on your kids for uh, taping over something. Oh, wait, yeah, didn't have any didn't kids have yet.
2: Kids yet, hence yeah, yeah, yeah. busy Friday night. Good. If good we point. had kids, we would have seen yeah. all of the X Files. Yep. Oh, we probably slept through a lot. Not the X Files was boring, but we were just really tired all the
0: time. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so we we get some background on you know the, this uh, suspect. And- See, I mean, this
2: is where just like this is where the whole thing started. I said how they kind of went too big on this, right? And too unbelievable. Because, all right, so one thing, you got this shadow running around, all right, whatever, okay? (laughs) Like, that's that's a little tough to swallow. But, I mean, tough to swallow is kind of like Fringe's modus operandi, right? But the fact that this guy has been, like, toting his brother around, his comatose brother, from place to place for, like, how many? How many years has it been since Broyles? Was like, he,
0: well, it's been four years. Yeah. you know, since he was covering the case, we don't know. So, how just long? That much
2: harder to like believe. Like, he's been turning around his brother. He's got his brother. You know, I mean, right? He, yeah, he's, I
0: guess sure. He got if, his like, brother. Lots of
2: people get a job at the hospital where their comatose brother is in. I mean, that happens all the time. I'm sure, but.
0: Yeah. And not to mention the fact that he was able to spirit him away from the Russian government who who clearly right. knew they had something remarkable on their hands, albeit they didn't really know what it was. But then, like you said, it's like, OK, it's one thing to, for you to keep getting a job in these hospitals under different names. But didn't anybody notice that there was a, a body in one of the rooms that yeah. – uh, I mean, okay, maybe he, you know, like, what did you do? When
2: you showed up for your interview, man. Like, you, know, did you bring your brother along with you and stuff. I mean, yeah, it's right, silly. I know that's silly, but I'm, but I'm just saying it. It it def, it really starts to defy belief. Sure, uh, at some point, which is that's. Oh, I said when when I do that when I'm now when I'm questioning things, like not for objectives, but during the show, I'm like, really, really. You know, when I find myself saying, really, really, in my head then that's a problem.
0: Yeah, but Fred's on board, as he says. Well, it's fringe. Exactly. It is
2: fringe. And, and like, like I, I said, right. that's part, one of the things I we I love, we love, everyone loves about the show is how out there it is and all the weird stuff in there. But I think just for this one, it was a little too, like, like I said, I mean, like I said, Falda was trying to jump the shark. I mean, it's almost like you can almost see Olivia revving up that motorcycle as she looks at the ramp in the distance as the shark tank below it, you know, like it's uh, it just seems like they just went a little too far on this. I would rather, like I said, just it's, it's something with Tomas and he's got some thing or, or some, I don't know how they could have read it, but it just seems like just a space creature that's inhabited his brother. He's toting around. He's got out of Russia and is toting all over the United States. It goes from job to job. And then the the space ghost is killing people wherever they go.
0: I mean, come on now. (laughs) Well, you know, I I guess when you look at it that way, and the smoke monster is more believable than the fact that this guy's got his brother's body.
2: Right. Right. That's the thing. I buy the smoke monster, space guy thing, whatever. You saw what I did with that. What?
0: You saw what I did there, right? I'm sorry, I didn't. Smoke Monster?
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just slid that one in. I did. That's what she said.
0: (laughs) Um, I I passed up another opportunity a few minutes ago, by the way. You set me up on one. but I thought, no, that's even too far for Dave. uh,
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm willing to accept that, but I I just find it hard to accept the – the part that they, when they try to nail it down to some level of reality.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, it's impossible to not notice the similarities between the X-Files and fringe. And, and you know, I mean, JJ Abrams, I think was upfront w- about that when the show first aired. So we get that meeting on the park bench between Senator Van Horn and Broyles, And he tells him that when you ran the guy's fingerprint, it sent out an alert to all the agencies, but the biggest problem is that the Russians are also searching for the guy, and you know that's I guess the biggest problem for Broyles at this point. Although you got to love when the the guy the courier brings him the the file inside, I guess the FBI building, and he opens it up, and then inside there's notes like. I'm pretty sure you didn't listen to me when I said, uh, Walk away from this case. So this might help. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. so so we know that the Senator Van Horn is a good guy. and And right. I, I can't remember whether we see him anymore or not. Hopefully we do. the
2: actor for sure, like, I mean, I, I can't remember exactly what I've seen him in before, but he's been in loads of stuff
0: now, Olivia is now concerned about you know uh, bucking the establishment order we always have you to protect us who's going to protect you so you know I talked at the beginning of the discussion about the relationship that she and Broyles you know have and and the way it is developing particularly in this episode so I, I really love the fact that she clearly no longer sees him as the antagonist that she saw in the first few episodes of the series because he's almost a member of the team now. Right. I mean, I mean, he's still in charge, but I, I think she sees him in a completely different light and, and maybe even to a, to an extent that Peter doesn't yet see because maybe he's not around him as much. And, you know, I mean, we did get that scene a few episodes back with Peter and Broyles where, you know, Peter's like, you know, we need an apartment. We need this. We need that. And, you know, Broyles is like, I'll see what I can do. But, you know, anyway.
2: Yeah. and I mean, we've said this before that, you know, how Broyles is, you know, they started off. He was definitely in opposition to Olivia and, um, you know, a bit of an antagonist. But but yeah. now, like as you said, like they've really worked it in. So, and 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 in this episode, we really get to see more of him, and not just the the hard nosed leader who would be in like a scene really quickly. You know, just for maybe he'd be in for a couple minutes here and there, never really in for much time, never getting a lot of lines. Just kind of the guy who's like get the job done or stuff like that. And now we really get to see a lot of it, right? We get to see we get to see him. You know, mess around with the little kid. We get to see him as Olivia's partner and helping out. We get to see him as the dedicated agent. We get to see him as the guy in the moment who can make the hard choice in the heartbeat when he has to. And then we see the guy who um, regrets the, the life that he lost because of his job.
0: Now, you know, the other thing, because at this point we're still not sure about the guy who's toting his brother all around the country. But then when we see that all he did was sedate the nurse with whom he arguably worked for a time, because clearly they knew each other, then, you know, we're we're kind of changing our attitude towards him that, okay, fine. Broyles told us that, uh, you know, he, he really wanted help, Stopping the killings rather than you know threatening for for more he wasn't really out for anything it's, I don't want you to solve this equation, and we're never really clear what the equation really is, are we or the formula uh,
2: did not really catch that
0: no I mean so he, he, you know
2: just something to Walter the drool over and speak of in very suggestive language
0: <laughs> well, and it was also a great scene. When he's talking to Olivia and then all of a sudden he just puts the phone down and walks over to the whiteboard and starts working on the formula again. And it takes Peter a few seconds to see what happened. He goes, picks up the phone and says something to Olivia that, you know, Walter's back at work and I'll I'll keep you updated or whatever. But we talk about things we don't understand I'm not sure what all the car batteries and the jumper cables and all that stuff is really doing. Okay, fine. I get that that's how you're keeping the smoke monster inside your brother's body, but how that works? Well, they, they, he shocks his brother, and when
2: his brother is, his, is in physical distress, the, uh, the alien doesn't leave the body for some reason
0: okay so then why doesn't he have to continually shock it i don't know yeah so uh, yeah right we don't we we're not meant to ask (laughs) right so uh, right
2: you're supposed to just let it go but like i said i mean the big problem with this episode is we don't let things like that we not that we're being too harsh i think any normal watcher would be like what you know
0: Right, and and you know we get a couple of scares at the end. Uh, I mean, the team arrives and and we find Timmer's body is turned to ash, and and you know the cosmonauts in the in the back of the van, and you know Peter's got his theory on how to draw the shadow back to the host and all that, and we see the little girl watching the TV, and we're thinking, oh, crap, you know, and uh, we, we've talked about. I
2: wasn't worried about her. At
0: all. Okay, you weren't okay, I'm like, so. They're not yeah, hope hopefully not gonna all, go. There.
2: It's also you know, you see, oh well we're you know, we're thirty five minutes in, so this is right. gonna be the last scene and they're not gonna have the the you know, the, the monster kill a little kid right in the end when fringe was about to you know, could potentially save her. You know, they're they're amping up the intensity and, and the suspense. Um, and they're they're throwing a little kid in to amp it up, which as you know I am not a fan of that at all. Um but uh yeah but you know like they're gonna you know figure it out in the nick of time
0: well you know the thing that that just came to mind you know the little girl screams at this point and and it reminded me of the scene when the nurse goes in to give that one patient the injection and she touches the woman and she turns to ash and that nurse screams bloody murder and i'm thinking like dude you're a nurse yeah. now granted you've probably not seen that before but you've seen some stuff as a nurse yeah so i don't okay fine narrative effect and all that yeah. but yeah that kind of was a little bit off-putting you for me. Do?
2: you gotta get the screaming you know person in, in the beginning to yep. open up the show
0: right now broil shoots the cosmonaut in the head killing him and the entity presumably although we learn that that's not actually the case so i'm i I guess a bullet to the head in fringe world isn't
2: why didn't they do that before clearly the guy's not a zombie yeah yeah when they figured out that you know the the thing can't live without uh without alex right why didn't they just shoot him before you know i thought just like the week before just you know peter's trying to hack into the computer, just pull the plug out, man. You know, like, why Why are you going about this the the long way? Yeah. Uh, but still, it was, even though, like, I had already been saying, why, why didn't they just shoot him? Uh, when Broyles finally does it, it's quite shocking, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, he just pulls out the gun and boom. And Olivia looks up like, holy Snikies. Yep.
0: Well, what'd you think about the ending?
2: Well, I like that we saw the dude from 100 in the scene.
0: I couldn't think of where I knew him from, and I was going to look it up, and then I kept getting sidetracked. Exactly, yeah, I totally
2: looked it up. I can't claim that I remembered that, but I, I, like I saw the guy. I'm like that guy looked familiar, and he was like the one dude in like the second to last season of who had like the group of people and everything. I know. Yeah, just the little little cult. Yeah, right. The cult. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I do know, Fred didn't like it. I wasn't, I wasn't too bad. It. But it's not like I thought, oh, well, that was completely necessary, this final scene, you know. Um,
0: well, I mean, I like the whole, you got a friend in Senator Van Horn, but when the CIA says cease and desist, we kind of mean it. And then, you know, Brolls asks what he did with the body, and he just kind of looks up. I liked it. I thought, well, what's the alternative? Right. I mean, you're going to keep them in like a lead-lined prison facility in some you know, secret CIA whatever somewhere. So yeah, but I now thought, we
2: could just be running around space, like going and shadow killing people.
0: Yeah, now it begs the question: um, What kind of a rocket did they use? Did nobody notice it? I mean, now the granted this is 2009. I forget what it was like, but it's 2009 it wasn't the dark ages now in 2023 we've got all sorts of citizen detectives that are out there combing the airwaves combing whatever so i somebody would have noticed so you know short of elon yeah, musk
2: they're just like hey we're going up to the you know the international space station and well that like could be too just, right you know like you yeah. goes out with the garbage or something like that i don't know but again, like radiation's like a big, right? Like they need radiation. Sure. So like outer space is kind of like a really good place for him to be. Cause there's like this belt of radiation that circles the earth. That's actually quite dangerous for astronauts.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I guess they weren't afraid of this entity. Yeah. I guess, you know, regaining its power. Well, regaining like put it in
2: str- orbit. You got all the, all the radiation you want,
0: bro. Yep. So uh, so the other story, you know, is kind of Peter and Walter in the lab. And, you know, certainly we've talked about, you know, a, a lot of that uh, as we've covered the episode. But, but again, Walter gets one of the best lines. Even 40 years ago, you wouldn't believe what those pinkos were up to. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's kind of looking at him like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> but you know walter as he is often wont to do posits that the entity passed through victims to absorb their radiation radiation and you know as fred points out in his feedback that was a, a cool scene with uh you know what was left of the dude and then uh astrid who who brings in the uh geiger counter with fresh batteries by the way that's important yeah that is. and then and then of course uh this is not a job for the purple blotter," Walter <laughs> tells Peter. <laughs> yeah, those were a hell of a lot of Tinker Toys, by the way.
2: Those was a lot of Tinker Toys, and I know this because uh, the I, you remember Nick when he was a sure. teacher. He had two like containers of Tinker Toys that he had in his room for some reason. I think he used to do Fridays with like fun days with his students and stuff. So when I inherited his room, I also inherited some of his stuff. I grabbed the Tinker Toys. I still have them. And it's, uh, you know, even those two containers, not nearly as many Tinker Toys has made up that model that they had going.
0: Anything else you want to bring up about this one?
2: Oh, well, the the shadow, for some reason, would not attack the nurses. Did you notice that? Like, they always put a nurse, like, in its path. And it just kind of went by the nurse. Like, they never took out the nurse. So, I don't know, maybe you can respect the medical profession? I don't know.
0: Well, that's a good point. I didn't think of it as I was watching the episode. You know, on the one hand, my first reaction just now was, well, maybe the entity thought that would draw too much attention to itself. But, you know, a human body dissolving to ash, whether it's a nurse or a patient.
2: That's going to draw significant attention. Yeah. Yeah. So. At one point, Olivia literally says, "This doesn't make any sense." And I'm like, <laughs> "Why? Why would you even say that at this point, Olivia? Like, <laughs> like how can you still be in fringe division and even have those words in your vocabulary? That yeah, that point. is what doesn't make sense." You know what I thought of at first, with the the shadow dude and the lights and everything. Lost. No. Believe Don't. it or not, I thought of Doctor Who with the Vashta Nuruda.
0: Oh,
2: remember, like the I things do. that hid in the shadows and everything. Yeah, yeah, like one of the creepiest baddies in all of Doctor Who. Interesting. Yeah. So there, like, if like it's been a while since we've talked about Doctor Who. So if you've just been listening to us recently, and you want a show to watch, start watching Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, and probably go ahead and start with the, the uh, two thousand five. Yeah, I
2: mean not the stuff before that wasn't good. There's plenty of good stuff, but start with the Christopher Eccleston two thousand five.
0: Trust yeah, me. Yeah, because because you're, you're still talking about a hundred episodes or
2: yeah, so yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a big commitment, but it is so worth it. At least for the first like you know seven six seven season. <laughs> Yeah. No, it was good. And, and, uh, the, uh, the, the library ones with, uh, David Tennant and, um, uh, Catherine, Catherine Tate, uh, were, were fabulous. And both of those are apparently going to be in the next episode, Dr. Who. So you can go back and watch actually season four, uh, with, with, when Catherine Tate is in, and then you should be all ready for the, the new episode, whenever they're going to release that one.
1: Is that
0: called The Runaway Bride, the first episode? She's-
2: and yes. Okay. Right. But I think actually she was because she was in like the a Christmas episode before like her season started or something like that.
0: Oh, okay. Actually I think Peter Capaldi was in an episode as just some like Roman yeah. bystander. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That was a big thing when they when they picked him to be the doctor. like, was it he was in an episode. He was yeah. a dude, you know. Um, I think they actually played off that one time when he looked into like a, a a thing of water and saw his reflection. He was the Roman dude and everything. So oh, great show! Can't wait till we can talk about it again at some point. So
0: okay, anything else? Yeah,
2: after I totally got us off track of Fred. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I'm, I'm I'm good.
0: All right, all right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we will be right back
1: hello dave and wayne and all listeners to sci-fi tv rewatch this is fred from the netherlands with some feedback for fringe season two episode six quite a monster of the week episode or i should say an alien of the week episode okay first off what am i watching star trek picard star wars the mandalorian fringe of course And then, since you did one episode as a archive episode, Sleepy Hollow, I'm at episode 10 of the first season now, and start to encounter John Noble there, who is, of course, Walter here in Fringe. He plays there Henry Parrish. And I haven't seen enough of John Noble to say that he always plays like this, but this Henry Parrish also is a bit like Walter, Bit doubtful person, bit shy kind of person. I don't know if you know him in other roles. I saw on IMDb that at the end he plays in even 25 episodes of Sleepy Hollow. From these first 10 episodes I get a little bit of feeling of a combination of mainly Lost Girl and The Magicians. Don't know if you watched Sleepy Hollow uh, completely and what your impression is if you did so, as far as you remember. Okay, going into Fringe. First off, it feels a bit strange to watch Broyles here, knowing that the actor Lance Redrick just died two weeks ago. Of course this happens more often, that you're watching a series of which the actor is already diseased. But if you're fully in a series, and then during that watching, one of the actors dies. It's a bit uh, awkward and strange feeling then to watch on. Okay, going into episode 6. Story-wise a little bit comparable with the Scorpion Kid episode also a bit comparable to the story about the people that crystallize and explode although that had a connection to the pattern and i don't have the impression that's the case here in this episode the visual effects here were great with all these people reducing to dust and i thought it was very nice they didn't become just a pile of dust but that some body parts were still more or less intact. Visually and for impact that was of course much nicer. Funniest moment in the episode I thought was when Walter is measuring the radioactivity in the remains of that guy and he measures nothing (laughs) and then tries his Geiger counter on Astrid and the expression on Astrid's face is really gold. It's only brief but it's so funny. The end I found a little bit too unlikely. When Broyles meets this CIA agent and he asks what they did with the cosmonaut, the CIA agent says that when he started breathing and then he looks at the sky, as that they sent the astronaut back into space, but I mean, start breathing, Uh, Broyles shot him in the face. What? Well, what can I say? It's fringe. Okay, that will be all. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands.
0: Now, Fred brings up Sleepy Hollow, which is a show I watched the first season and a half, I think. Uh, I didn't go much further than that. I know Fred's uh, really working his way through season one. And what I do remember, Fred, is thinking how absurd it is that he didn't update his clothing. That right. <laughs> even though he's in the 21st century, right. he's still wearing his 17th century garb. Yeah. And I thought, no, sorry, no, not buying it. And I couldn't get past it. That's to be a quite broke honest. sleepy
2: hollow for you, huh?
0: Yeah, I guess.
2: I can't now, remember why I stopped d- watching it. I knew I, I really liked season one. And I think, I, I think that was about the time when I was just like, you know what? I just need to cut back on. I can't watch like close to 10 shows a week. Like I have to stop. And and, and, and and, that was one of the first uh, victims of that decision.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I keep thinking about what shows do I want to go back and do a rewatch of? And and, I mean, obviously we're rewatching Fringe right now for the podcast, but I just feel like there's got to be something out there that I would love to rewatch, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) but that you know i don't know nah that's
2: well i tell you what rewatching season one of the vikings valhalla is awesome
0: yeah I I, i don't know i you know i liked it but i still haven't seen season two yet and
2: um you just gotta get back into it man
0: i guess i guess
2: the, the the Last Kingdom is a great rewatch.
0: Well, waiting for the movie, I don't know, it, it's not it's too long. soon,
2: right? yeah, I think pretty soon. Yeah. I, I I feel like they might have recently announced when the movie's going to drop, but I didn't see it yet. so
0: Yeah, I think they did, and I usually put those kinds of things on my calendar so I remember them, but... Anyway, well, anything else about Fred's feedback before we go too far? Uh, well,
2: you asked about some of the roles that John Noble has played. And one of my favorite, and I've mentioned it before, is he played Denethor in the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, not the first one, but the second two. So the Two Towers and Return of the King, uh, he has a big part in that. And so that um, there's a good rewatch have you? I mean, you've seen those movies, right? Yeah, but I know I'm not a big fan. Well, that's unfortunate. I know. Uh, I know. Now, uh, John
0: Noble's English, correct?
2: No, he's actually Australian. I thought
0: he was English. Oh, too. you're right. I you're was right. Just that's looking
2: right. Up, I just checked it out on IMDb, and uh, I'm like, he's Australian. No, as is Anna Torv. Well, Anna Torv, I, I did know that. I, I knew she was an Aussie, but. Uh, John Noble, I was I thought he was uh, English too, but yeah, he's a he's a hell of an actor. He's in all kinds of stuff. So and
0: uh, yeah, that's that's it. Okay, all right, Fred, thank you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go B plus. It, it was a good episode. I I think the things with Broyles and Olivia really kind of uh, you know mo- moved it up the scale a little bit.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I, I think um, I was thinking probably B ish. But definitely the insight into broyles as a character and and them kind of really doing a a big step forward in developing him and bringing him more into the fold as someone that we really care about uh, yeah, so I'll give it the B plus for that
0: yeah and the introduction of Senator Van Horn as a friend of the fringe team and like like we said earlier, I don't remember how much he's going to be in the series moving forward but you know, at least for now, that that was a nice touch as well. So,
2: I saw it on IMDb. He's he's in more than one.
0: Okay, good, good. I Looking don't know if we'll see it. The
2: Duchess again, though. I, I didn't check.
0: Yeah, I looked. We're not.
2: Nah, try it. Oh, well.
0: Yeah, so anyway. All right, well, let's go ahead and leave it there. That will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe, the, uh you know, not too recently- renewed the peripheral uh, which we will oh did they renew it yeah oh, it's, it's been a few weeks I just hadn't noticed
2: I couldn't um, believe it I didn't know until right now
0: yeah check out the Facebook group if you haven't already Sci-Fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us we'll be back next week to talk about season 2 episode 7 of the Fox series Fringe but until then
2: so Dave as we are recording I, I saw that you were looking around and everything I, I feared Now that we're at the end, I can tell you, if you're looking for your acid tabs, don't bother. I threw them out. Damn it.